What's up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network. For more Cowboys content, you can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And tonight on the show, which is presented to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net, we will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But tonight, we'll talk about Michael Parsons, what he had to say about year two in his career, what he had to say about his ramp-up period over the last few days, maybe picking up the intensity, and the fact that he signaled out a single player that is set to take, in his words, a huge jump in his second year with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll you know, take advantage of that comment in order to discuss some other underrated players ahead of Sunday night's matchup. And towards the end of the show, we will also discuss the Freeman Mazda stat of the week as we do every Wednesday night. So welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Let's get right into it. Let's hear what Micah Parsons had to say about this intensity that he's been bringing to practices lately. Here we go. Um, just understanding like what's ahead of me, you know, I, you know, a couple of players said, dang, you, you've been silent the last couple of days. I was like, it's just a different focus. I'm in a different mindset right now. Just kind of just locking in way more. I think the fun time's over. I think I know what I could have did in camp and I know what I was capable of. And, you know, you're just competing against your team, but now this is the real deal, real thing. And I need to hit it head on with everything I got. I love that. I love that how he, Michael Parsons, calls it. This is a real thing. You know, there is no time to mess around anymore. But Michael Parsons also discussed a teammate of his when asked about what will make the Cowboys' defense better. Here's his answer. I think we have a chance to. Um, I think we have a chance to break some more records and uh, set a standard how defense should be played. Um, I think we got some older talent. We got some really good young talent. And we have some really guys that's coming in, um, like Big Q. I think he's going to make a huge jump this year and be a dominant force for us. I mean, he's down and waiting. He just looks good. I think a lot of players really just transition and ready to step into big roles going into their uh, second year, which I'm really excited about. How about that? First and, first and foremost, we've been calling him Big Bo for a while now. Quinton Vohana, the second-year defensive tackle for the Cowboys, who is the team's no stackle. We've been talking about him as Big Bo for a while, but Micah Parsons brings in the big Q element to the conversation. So first and foremost, I love that just straight up. But also, this is huge praise for Quinton Vohana, who at one point, and let's not forget about that, at one point was seen as a player that was in a training camp battle versus John Ridgway. When John Ridgway was drafted in day three of the NFL draft, a lot of us thought, hey, maybe he battles Quinton Vohana for the one spot for a nose tackle on the Cowboys defense. Both made the roster, of course. Now we know that. But still, big praise for Big Bo. And it's made and, and it's made even bigger when we dive into the numbers. I know that we have complained a lot about the Cowboys not adding defensive tackles in free agency or even in the NFL draft. Because, yeah, you added Ridgeway, but that happened in the fifth round. That happened late in the NFL draft. So there wasn't a big investment at the position, but just to get an idea as to how different things are set to look in 2022, I dove into the snap counts 
for that week one game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. And I ended up being quite impressed with the results. Ozo Diusugwa actually led the Cowboys defensive tackles in snaps last year versus the Bucs. He had a 55% snap count. Keep in mind that it was the first career game for Oza. And it's not like he was this first rounder plug and play kind of player. Oza was drafted in the third round. Carlos Watkins, who is not with the team right now, he was not a surprise cut, but one of the most significant cuts in the cut down day. Um, he had 46%, and then Brent Orvin coming in at 43%. Big Bo had a 31% snap count versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. He ended the season with 23%. Now, my question for me to you guys is, truth or false, Big Bo will end up being defensive tackle two in snap counts on Sunday night. Let me know your comments in the chat, uh, both in Facebook and on YouTube. By the way, Mike Williams says, I love the way he speaks, man. Referring to Michael Parsons, I couldn't agree more, Mike. It's really something, especially because he does talk a lot about being great and making history and leaving a legacy on the football field, but he isn't like cheesy about it. He is legit and genuine when he talks about that. So I also love how Michael Parsons speaks. Uh, and he's a true leader, as Micah says. Uh, as Mike says, sorry. Uh, Micah says in that, in that brief interview, he says, some of these second-year players that are set to take a jump, something like that. I don't remember the exact quote. And it doesn't sound like Micah is a second-year player himself. It sounds like he is referring to the younger guys. And, and that speaks a lot to what his role is uh, within the team. So truth or false, Big Bo will be defensive tackle two in snap counts on Sunday night. Let's see what you guys uh, expect out of these games. Swain goes with true. Jason Renfro with a true. Gregory as well. Uh, Bruce, Tommy915, pretty much everyone uh, going with true. Shout out to Lubman saying, thank you for having me. See ya, ADCites. The other ADC show is on uh, because Lubman, of course, is always representing Titans Nation here on primetime. And he, you know, leaps to the other primetime show of ADC Sports, the original ADC Sports primetime with Buck Rising. Uh, Peter Rizos is true. Holly, everyone going with the true. Um, Kenneth as well. King Element. And that just makes a lot of sense. Big Bo is a nose tackle of the Dallas Cowboys. There's no Carlos Watkins who actually had this one technique role, even though he doesn't look like a natural nose for the Cowboys last year. Big Bo is not only a player that we were excited about in training camp and the, in the preseason, we are also getting excited about him in the regular season, especially in a game in which the Cowboys are expected to make the most out of a weak center and left guard situation that the Tampa Bay Bucks have going on right now. We talked about this. Uh, Ryan Jensen, of course, got injured. Uh, so you've got Hainsey in there who has... 31 offensive snaps in his career. And then you've got Godiki, the left guard, who is a rookie, who maybe wasn't expected to start as early in his career. But there's some inexperience there for the Bucs. We'll see if the Cowboys are able to exploit that. And that's one of the matchups to watch. Just like we are kind of concerned about the offensive line versus that Bucs defensive front, 
I can assure you, Tampa Bay is also concerned about facing the Cowboys' defense. Evan Winter joined the show last night to discuss some of these weaknesses and some of these key matchups. And he even brought up something that maybe is being overlooked by Cowboys Nation. Even the right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, dealing with an oblique strain. So that might play a role into Sunday night's game. So excited about that defensive line versus the Cowboys. Tommy915 says, Mo, how hard was it to keep a straight face in last night's show uh, with the chat acting like fools? It was quite hard, Tommy. It, it was quite hard at times. Nah, just kidding. I was really into the conversation with Evan, so I, I, I'm sure that I missed a lot of things in the chat. But there, there was this one spot in which you guys dropped a joke that I, uh, that I couldn't resist reading. And then there, there was the Cooper Rush comments, and, and those were funny. That, that was a funny moment. Let's see. Joe says, I see our defense getting a defensive touchdown either with an interception or a fumble return for a touchdown. Bruce says, I loved how worried your guest was about a Cowboys defense as a box fan. That was something. And it, and that's why I like, and maybe we'll try to do it more often for this season. It's interesting bringing in people from the other perspective because it's so easy to get caught up in your own team and be worried about your weaknesses and your strengths and even be being like, overly high on your team's strengths because you look around the NFL and you realize every one of these teams has issues. The Buffalo Bills do not have a super offensive line, for example, even though they have one of the deepest rosters in the league. They have a first-year offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey. Every single team has question marks. The Packers do not have the uh, Devontae Adams anymore. The Rams have the, uh, some issues of their own. They don't have OBJ. They don't have Von Miller. And we kind of forget that that is the case. So I liked the show with Evan Winter last night. In case you missed it, make sure you check it out because uh, we had a box expert, Evan Winter, who is the managing editor for ADC Sports. And he, he has been covering the box for a while and he pointed out towards some of the matchups that the Cowboys should exploit. He was also concerned, and you might be surprised about this, the inside pressure and the inside defensive line play from the box. You would look at Bita Vea, Akeem Hicks, and maybe not realize that this could have been an issue for the box. But even though they had these big names, there was some... Uh, there were some concerns for Tampa Bay in that department last year. So interesting show. Make sure you check it out. Shout out to Joey Bella uh, here in the chat. King Element says the chat was crazy and I wasn't there. Yeah, man. If you catch the replay, make sure you open up the live chat window. They were going crazy with the ginger. <laughs> there were some jokes in there, man. I <laughs> Evan Winter is toxic Tom's and Professor Owens love child. This is Tommy 915. <laughs> there was it was a funny it was a funny situation there man with the with the comments while i was talking to evan having serious conversations about the cowboys but anyways we will move on we will move on tonight uh into some other underrated players i wanted to touch on this very topic and i actually have a question for you i actually have a question for you which over would you bet first on sunday night's game hear me out which over 
would you bet first? Because I looked at the receiving yard props over at DraftKings, and Dalton Schultz's number is at 52 and a half. Noah Brown is at 31 and a half. Noah Brown is expected to be your second wide receiver on Sunday night. He is expected to lead the team in snaps alongside CeeDee Lamb at a wide receiver. Not Jalen Tolbert, the third-round rookie, and yet Noah Brown has a lower number than Tolbert. So my question for me to you is, would you take the over first from Dalton Schultz at 52.5, which is kind of a high number for a tight end, or would you rather take a flyer on Noah Brown a 31 and a half? I know that we do not know a lot about Noah Brown, but yet we do know he is said to be the number two guy at a wide receiver on, on Sunday night. So which bet do you like better? Let me know in the comments uh, because it's a, it's a weird situation. On one side, we know Dalton Schultz. We know what he brings to the table. But on the other, 31 and a half is not that much. For Noah Brown. What does he need? Like three, four catches? I might, I, I might, you know, look at Noah Brown's number seriously here. However, I, I bring this up though, and I can see in the answers, everyone's going with Schultz. Bruce, uh, Kenneth, Mike, Jose says Schultz might have a 100-yard game. Tommy as well, Gregory, everyone's going with uh, Dalton here. And I wanted to, brought, to bring this up. Joey as well goes with Schultz. I wanted to bring this up because he might be one of the most underrated players going into this game. And I know that sounds like cheating because at the end of the day, he is Dalton Schultz. Cowboys Nation expects him to be the second biggest threat in the passing game behind CeeDee Lamb early in the season while we await Michael Gallup's return. And maybe even when he comes back, but I kept thinking about that a conversation with Evan last night. And I, when I asked him about what was the biggest weakness that the Cowboys should target on Sunday night, he said it's got to be the tight ends. And he talked about that middle of the field area that the Bucs struggle with because of the linebackers and the safeties. And he said if you attack that middle of the field, which you are likely to be able to do, you will force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of their usual game plan of blitzing the quarterback. The Tampa Bay Bucs had the very highest rate in the NFL last year in, in the blitz department. They blitzed at a 40% clip versus opponents. If you attack that middle of the field and you start getting easy completions there, you're going to force Todd Bowles' defense to keep their safe, uh, linebackers where they should be in coverage, the safeties as well. So this could be a priority for the Cowboys on Sunday night. Dalton Schultz could end up having more targets than even CeeDee Lamb. Honestly, especially you would guess that the secondary of Tampa Bay will be rotating towards CeeDee Lamb heavily towards the entire night. So of course, I'm not here to call Dalton Schultz an underrated player on the Cowboys roster. I'm just saying he might be in for a big, big game. Uh, Jose mentioned he might get 100. That might be a lot. But hey, honestly, I, I, I'm betting that over in receiving yards. I, I am intrigued about it. I am taking it. Dalton Schultz could be in for a big, big night. By the way, if that happens 
and the Bucks are not able to blitz comfortably. That's good news for the Cowboys' offensive line with Tyler Smith, with Connor McGovern, because as Evan Winter pointed out, even though they have plenty of big names on that defensive front, they weren't able to generate a lot of pressure without the blitz in Tampa Bay last year, even though they have plenty of big names. The over nobody, nobody answered Noah Brown in the chat, by the way, when I asked whose over would you rather take? I'm not, hey, I'm not going to lie. Even though I like Dalton Schultz, 52 and a half over in receiving yards, I am massively intrigued by Noah Brown's 31 and a half. The Cowboys have been insistent that Noah Brown is said to be a starter in week one. The guy didn't play in the preseason. The guy got veteran treatment in the preseason. He didn't suit up for, for the games. And Mike McCarthy has even admitted publicly that Tolbert has been up and down in the preseason. So I am genuinely curious about if, if Brown goes out there and he plays 60, 70% of the snaps, even if the Cowboys lean towards 12 personnel, he might get a lot of playing time. Come on, he's, he's going to get more than three catches, right? And if he does, he can get those 31, uh, 32 yards, can he? I'm intrigued about it. Uh, I, I might take, I might sprinkle some, you know, some pocket change on that number, maybe. It will be fun. It will be fun. Then again, though, uh, I do like to bet a lot, so maybe I'm not the right benchmark to go about this. Uh, Kenneth Frazier says, I totally agree with you. Schultz is going to be Dak's number two target, says Tommy915. I agree with that. He might even be number one on Sunday night. He might, he might even be the top priority especially with what we've been talking about attacking the inside. And it also will depend on who's, who's lining up inside. Is CeeDee Lamb going to get some significant playing time as his lot receiver, or is he going to be lined up wide without Michael Gallup in the starting lineup? It's impossible to know. I'm looking forward to learning about that, learning what the Cowboys game plan is. And maybe tomorrow night we will dive into some of the things, some of the storylines that, we should be following throughout that season opener because there are a lot of things to learn. It, it, it's oddly enough, it's set to be a very different team early in the year, even though the Cowboys didn't add a lot of talent, right? I, I'm still, I'm still intrigued about a lot of stuff, including what we talked about before on the defensive tackles, for example, we'll talk about that and more tomorrow night for sure. And then the other underrated player that I, thought of, and maybe you will disagree, was Leighton Vanderish. And you might say, man, we've got Anthony Breyer, uh, we've got uh, Jabril Cox, who cares about LV? You might be thinking that, and that's fair, maybe, that is fair. But hear me out. From week 10 on, because in week one, Vanderish didn't play as much versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, but from week 10 on, he averaged... 64% of these snaps on defense. From week 10 on, 64%. That is a very high number for Leighton Vanderish for on a defense that had Michael Parsons in it, right? There were a lot of 
nickel looks by the Cowboys that included three safeties. So the Cowboys were pretty much playing with two linebackers most of the time. And even though Vanderich had a 64% snap count from week 10 on. As much as, as excited as I am about Anthony Barr and as excited as I am about Gabriel Cox, early in the season, I am expecting a lot of Leighton Vanderish. So he is perhaps one of the most underrated players going into Sunday night's game. I don't know what my confidence level is on number 55 because I know that he can be inconsistent, but, but he improved late in the year. I think that if you take into account what the Cowboys are paying him in 2022, he was a bargain signing by Dallas. I'm excited about uh, looking at how the linebacker rotation works for Dallas. I think that we're going to see a lot of Anthony Barr just based on the fact that he can rush the passer and maybe the Cowboys do want to exploit that interior offensive line from Tampa with some dog blitzes with the linebackers and maybe some mocked up linebacker looks alongside Michael Parsons. That is something that I definitely want to see. But yeah, Craig says, stop with Jabril Cox. He has shown nothing, says Craig. Well, here's the thing. Every player that has not played in the regular season has quote-unquote, show nothing, but the trades are there, right? Uh, you can see it. I myself have been reluctant to call Jabril Cox a full-time starter for the Cowboys or anything like that because I agree with Craig that he hasn't played yet. We don't know much about him, and he was a big risk that the Cowboys were taking, which is why we were calling for a linebacker signing even late in free agency, which the Cowboys ended up actually doing with Anthony Barr. But it's not like we can say, oh, Jabril Cox sucks because we have not seen him play. I, I say we wait a little bit there. I think he will work into the rotation for sure. LBE is better than Cox's Jose. I think that's fair. I, I do think that's fair just based on experience and all of that. So LV, definitely an underrated player. Six to Midnight says, I'm so happy to hear this, Mo. So many Cowboys fans are down on LVE, and I just don't get it. Cowboys fans and NFL fans in general, because it's not only Cowboys Nation. It's, this happens everywhere. A new phase is always better than an old phase, right? Like, you always want something new because, as I've said before, as, I, as I've said before, there's always this big-time fallacy, which is it can't be worse than blank space, right? You can insert anything in that blank space, and it works for a lot of uh, sports ideas and comments, etc. So maybe a lot of people want to see something new at linebacker because they know what they're getting in Vanderish, which is not elite play. And with a young player, you can kind of have some hope for an, for an elite player like Michael Parsons. And that's why maybe some people are down on LV. I don't think they should. LV is a starter in the NFL. Your roster is not going to be made of pro bowlers exclusively or all pro caliber players. Just having a guy that can consistently start in this league is important to have. And I think that's LV right now for the Cowboys. I think he has played well, as Craig says, in the, in the Facebook chat. Joey Bala says, LV has to show out this year, and I hope he does. And if he does, it will be 
very intriguing to see what happens with him next because the Cowboys have built some depth at the position with some of these younger players. Even the undrafted guys like Story Jackson and all of that, and I know all of those are long shots, but I do wonder if he puts together a, a very decent year, where does he end up in, in 2023? We'll find out for sure. Joe says, I'd rather see LVE because Cox hasn't played it down, so we don't know uh, anything about his abilities. Holly says, I, I trust that the coaches and staff will let the best person start. And I think that will be LVE. Uh, get ready for that. And I know that the conversation has revolved around plenty of other linebackers, but LVE is likely to lead the team in snaps among linebackers, I would say. Anyways, those are the underrated players. I don't think that I, that you know it's difficult to miss one because we have talked about this for months and months. So we kind of know who's starting already. I don't think that we're going to get a surprise starter on Sunday night. I think that we pretty much have that figured out by now on both offense and defense. But still, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for any potential surprises. And now, I, I, I sounded like Bruce Buffer there. I hope that he doesn't you know, sue me for it just by saying, and now, the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Anyways, and now. Let's get ready for the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Because we have a good one. We have a good Freeman Mazda stat of the week for you tonight. It's a Michael Parsons stat, and it's a pretty impressive one from the NFL Public Relations Department. Because according to their kickoff guide, and this is something, the number to be in the lookout for in Michael Parsons' second year in the NFL is 13 because if Michael Parsons is able to get to 13 sacks in his second year in the NFL, it will mark the third player since 1982 to record at least 13 sacks in each of his first two seasons, joining Alden Smith and Pro Football Hall of Famer Reggie White. Why 1982? Because that's the first year that the individual sack became an official statistic. So Micah gets to 13 sacks. It will be the third time in NFL history for a player to record 13 sacks in each of his first two years. The other two to have done that, Alan Smith, and once more, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Reggie White. Not only that, and I'm going to give you two stats actually tonight. Last year, Micah Parsons' 13 sacks were tied for the third most by a rookie since 1982. We know that. When the individual sack became an official statistic and at the same time, his 20 tackles for loss were the most from a rookie since Levante David in 2012. He had those two records in the same year. That really goes to speak about Michael Parsons' versatility. We know a lot about it already by now, I'm sure. And Michael Parsons, of course, big part of this conversation is how will he be used? Will the pass rushing snaps for Micah increase? Will he get more playing time at off-ball linebacker? I am guessing, my personal guess, is he will get way more playing time as a pass rusher. Now, be warned, Cowboys Nation, be warned. If he doesn't get to 13 sacks, a lot of people in, among the Cowboys fan base will be ready 
to criticize him. But don't let that happen because sacks, sacks are a volatile stat. You know, there are a lot of factors that play into it. How long does the quarterback hold on to the ball? So opponents faced any, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So what will matter truly at the end of the day is how many pressures can Micah generate? What would the pressure rate will look like at the end of the year? That being said, if he gets to 13 sacks once more, it really will be something cool. And my question for me to you guys in the comments, both in YouTube and Facebook, is how many sacks will Micah Parsons have in 2022? Drop your predictions in the chat. And while you do that, and before I give you my own prediction, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda because they're the ones who are bringing you the stat of the week. And the Freeman Mazda ride of the week is the CX-9 Grand Touring. We're talking about a vehicle with an all-wheel drive feature, third row sitting, rear air conditioning, which is a game changer, especially if you go on long trips, you know what I mean. Sunroof, heated leather, memory power sitting, and adaptive cruise control. And a miles per gallon capacity of 20 in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. That is a CX-9 Grand Touring. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Once more, that is FreemanMazda.net. Let's see some of your comments here. What are the predictions for Michael Parsons' sacks in 2022? Let's see. I think we will have a wide range in these answers. 6 to midnight goes with 17. 7-11 with 16. 14 for Mark Andrew. 17 for Bruce. Gregory, 15 and a half. Ivan Perez goes with 15 as well. 19 for Carlos uh, Navarro. 15 for Joe. 23. Joey Bella. Joey Bella is going for the record. <laughs> Tommy also is going for the record. Cohen Matt says he won't he won't do that. He won't break the record held by Michael Strahan and most recently TJ Watt. Kenneth with the 20, Holly with the 12. I will go, I will go with 16. I will go with 16. I think that's a healthy number. I don't want to give a a, a bold prediction on him going for the record or anything. And the reason why I also go with 16 is I really don't know. If Dan Quinn is going to turn up his pass rushing snaps or if he's going to find that sweet spot and maybe get it close to a 50-50, that's a big storyline. And maybe we have gotten bored about it because we have talked about it so much since the season ended in January. But that's still a big thing to figure out this year. How much will Micah be used as a pass rusher? Because last year, you go look at the numbers. You go look at the game-by-game breakdowns, and you might be surprised that Micah didn't rush that often in the sense that although we had this notion that he was doing it kind of uh, 60 to 40 or something like that, because maybe at the end of the year it was 60 to 40, but that's also because there were these games in which the Cowboys were plagued by injuries and Micah was doing it close to the full game, right? So... If there are no major injuries at edge rusher, does Michael Parsons, do Michael Parsons' total pressures or pass rushing snaps go down? That's something to watch out for, especially when the team is healthy and 
when the Cowboys can make that decision based on what they really want to do instead of what they need to do. Because if Demarcus Lawrence gets injured, you know that Micah is doing it full-time mostly. We'll see what happens there. Looking forward to it for sure. And that will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream if you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. But more than anything, it's all about that like button. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. So do me a favor and do that. If you're new here, tomorrow night we've got the preview kind of show because we do that on Thursday. We're getting a, a prediction segment. We're getting the betting the Cowboys segment back on the road. So that's going to be fun as well. We do one pick, one betting pick each week. We had a positive record last year. Hopefully, we're able to keep that up in 2022. But anyways, thank you for tuning in to the show. Primetime was brought to you by FreemanMazda.net. Make sure you check out the right of the week after we're done with the show. And without any further ado, make sure you catch me tomorrow night. By the way, if you're new, uh, when there are primetime games, the schedule is usually a little bit more flexible. So I'll be going live close to the end of the first quarter every time there's a primetime game unless the Cowboys are in it because in those occasions you will get Skywalker Steel you will get former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Jesse Holly uh in the game day show so make sure you check that out and catch Skywalker Steel tomorrow morning that's it for me tonight adios nos vemos hasta mañana <laughs>